Hi, and welcome to another episode of the By Your Side podcast, the property podcast to help you make smarter property buying decisions. My name is Michelle, and I am the principal of Michelle May Buyers Agents here in Sydney. Today, I want to talk to you about exchanging contracts, what happens and what happens afterwards. So in New South Wales, and I'm going to be basing this only on New South Wales, so check it out if you are in a different state, because the rules may be slightly different. The Office of Fair Trading, super helpful website, by the way, if you are missing some information that you haven't found on my podcast yet, firstly, get in touch so I can talk about it, but also get in touch with the fairtrading.nsw.gov.au or your relevant institution in your state to look up the rules and regulations that are relevant to you. But I'm going to be reading off the Fair Trading website here about exchange of contracts, and it says... Buyers and sellers are not legally bound until signed copies of the contract are exchanged. Now, there's two ways to exchange contracts with or without a cooling off period. The standard cooling off period is a standard five working days following the exchange of contracts. And during this time, buyers can withdraw from that sale. But I'll talk about that a bit more later. And then when you buy at auction, there is no cooling off period. You are locked in. If the agent arranges the exchange of contracts, the agent must give copies of the signed contract to each party or their solicitor or conveyancer within two business days. Now, the cooling off period can be waived, reduced or extended by negotiations. Now, point of note here for off the plan properties, the cooling off period is usually 10 days because of the the vastness of the contract involved. So just be aware that you'll have more time for the cooling off period. And that is also no cooling off period for sellers. Once contracts have exchanged, sellers are required to uphold the agreement. Point of note also with auction bidding, you must be ready to exchange contracts and complete the sales. Otherwise, you will lose your deposit and may be liable for any damages suffered by the vendor. So be aware that when you do go to auction and you accidentally put your hand up and win the property, you actually have a deposit ready and you are able to sign the contract there and then on the spot, which is why I always recommend doing your due diligence well in advance. But that's just a side note. Now, in order for a exchange to fully happen, you do actually need to pay your deposit right there and then. So two options again, when you go to auction or when there is no cooling off period, it is typically 10%. That's what it reflects on the front page of the contract. 10% of whatever purchase price you are paying. If you want to pay a smaller deposit, you will have to negotiate that prior to the exchange of contracts and you have to have that in writing. So your conveyance or your solicitor would put the question to the vendor solicitor. Now here in New South Wales, it is very common to ask for a 5% deposit and it very rarely gets refused. So particularly if you're doing an EFT transfer, it's a lot easier to transfer 5% instead of 10. So always ask. If you don't ask, you don't get. Now, if it is an exchange of contracts with a cooling off period, 
you normally have to pay the vendor 0.25% of the purchase price, so a lot less. And this works out to be $250 for every $100,000 of the purchasing price. Now, if in that cooling off period you decide not to go ahead, you lose that deposit. And that's the same with an unconditional exchange of contracts. Yes, at auction, you would actually lose the full amount of your deposit. And on top of that, if you have negotiated a 5% deposit on the day, you would still be liable for the full 10% if you choose to walk away. So be very mindful of that, that it, this is a very serious thing to engage in. If you're not 100% sure, do not exchange contracts until you are or you know until you're confident that that in that five days of, of cooling off in the due diligence you're okay to walk away from that 0.25 percent obviously a lot less but you know it's still money that you are walking away from okay so you have signed on the dotted line the agent has filled in the front page of the contract with your name and potentially a partner's name or a trust address make sure that your mortgage application, if you are having one, the documentation that you have filed with a bank or a broker is exactly the same when it comes to your name and address. Because if they don't match, your bank or your lender may have issues with that. It may cost money to change those names at the land titles office at a later date. It's difficult to do. The bank, in worst case scenario, may even refuse to lend you the money if these names addresses do not match with what the loan agreement is with. So again, something to be mindful of that you just do take care when you're filling out that front page or when the agent's filling out the front page of the contract that it actually matches your loan documents. Now, when you are exchanging contracts, I always take a photo of the front page of the contracts of my on my phone. So there'll be a copy for the vendor and there'll be a copy for the buyer. You'll be signing on the buyer side, obviously, someone will witness and the vendor will sign on the vendor's line. The agent will send the original copy of the vendor's contract to your solicitor. But in the interest of, you know, speed and efficiency of communication, I always prefer just to take a photo of the front pages of the contract. And then what I do is I send an email to the solicitor to say, hey, we have exchanged contracts, super happy. Here's just a a photo just uh, as evidence. But what I would also do is take a photo of the receipt. Just make sure you ask for a receipt for your deposit because, you know, why wouldn't you get a receipt? It's a large amount of money. But also this way you can send a similar email to your broker or uh, the contact person at the bank to say, hey, exchange contract, super happy. Here are the front pages of the contract and here's a copy of the deposit receipt because they can then kick off the valuation process. Remember, we spoke about this before, they will want to do either a desktop assessment or an in-person assessment of the property that you've just purchased, and they have to give it their tick of approval so that your pre-approval can move on to a formal approval, which means that you have passed the next hurdle. Yes, they are okay with lending you the money based on your circumstances, but they're also okay lending you that money for that particular property. So again, to expedite the process, just get in touch with your broker, email them, and remember to also get in touch with them before you exchange contracts or before you know before you go to auction or before you, you you're ready to put your name on the contract and say and give them a heads up and say 
hey, I'm thinking about spending this amount of money on this property. How do you feel about that? They may have red flags. They may say, oh, not sure. The autoval is saying this, but giving them a heads up, at least they're kept in the loop. And hopefully if there are any issues, they will let you know. So you've done the paperwork, your bank, your broker, your solicitor will be in touch in the next couple of weeks to uh, sign more paperwork, go through title searches, etc., which I will discuss on another episode. They will keep the process going for you. And a standard settlement that takes about six weeks, 42 days, as reflected on the front page of the contract, that can be shorter or longer. So make sure that you are comfortable with that time period. And don't just go shortening that period of time as well without actually checking that with your bank or broker before you say, yeah, sure, I can settle in 22 days because a lot of the larger institutions cannot actually do that. So check that again with your conveyancer, which you would have done because you had your contract reviewed and they would have highlighted that to you. But in that period of time, you actually also have the right to do something that's called a pre-settlement inspection. So a pre-settlement inspection is for the purpose of making sure that the property is in the state that it was when you initially inspected it before you signed the contracts at the time of contracts. So my recommendation would be to do this a couple of days before settlement and ideally only once the vendor has moved out because really you want to see this property in the cold light of day. You want to see it empty because what you're needing to do is to look at the front page of the contract, look at the inclusions on the front page of the contract and see what is meant to be there and what is not there. So if you get to the property and the vendor has moved out and there's a whole bunch of items in the attic, under the house, pot plants, goodness knows what kind of mess, you actually have the right to ask for that to be removed prior to settlement. So ideally give them say 48 hours so they have the time to do so but also it gives you the time if it is a significant amount of stuff and you're worried that it may not be removed. It gives you the time to give your conveyancer or your solicitor the heads up and say hey Janet I've just been through the, my house my my soon-to-be house or apartment and a whole bunch of things were left that weren't meant to be left. They were not inclusions. So could we just alert the vendor solicitor so that they can have it removed prior to giving the keys? If it is really bad, if they decided to rip out the kitchen, for example, touch wood doesn't happen, but say they would, your solicitor may actually decide to withhold funds from settlement or delay settlement to ensure that they reinstate whatever was taken or, you know, left behind. So make sure that you wear flat shoes when you go. <laughs> so you can climb up the attic ladder, crawl under the <laughs> subfloor space if you have to. I mean, you know, there will be stuff, old stuff like bottles or, you know, building stuffed there will always be some little things and and very good you know lovely vendors will obviously leave you you know old paint tins so you can match the paint extra tiles or you know there's usually a little bit of like do you want to keep the pot plants or do not you know that you can you can have a, a reasonable discussion about this and and most buyers if they're you know happy to keep the plant then that's not an issue but as a buyer you only have to go with what is on the front page inclusions okay so don't get sort of pushed into, no, 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 but aren't these plants lovely? No, if you don't want them, you, they have to remove them. That is, the, that is the deal, as they say. 
So I'd recommend doing that, locking that in about 48 hours before. Unfortunately, not every vendor moves out prior. Some are moving out on the day. That is not ideal, okay? That's very stressful for everybody involved. So use your best judgment as when to do that pre-settlement inspection. And I'm saying this also because legally you only have the right to visit the property after exchange this one and only time. So I would ensure you keep that one inspection for that pre-settlement inspection after the vendors have moved out. So those people who are saying, yeah, but I want to measure up, I want to get a builder through, I want to show my plumber, I want to show my mom, dad, etc. That is at the discretion of the vendor and the agent. So don't waste your pre-settlement inspection by you know, taking through Glenda, your neighbor, because she's keen to check out your new house. It's all great. Glenda can wait until you've moved in, I reckon. Your pre-settlement inspection is more important. And, you know, it's always worth asking, you know, most vendors and agents are super happy to accommodate you within reason, of course. If you're thinking of getting your painter, your plumber and your electrician through, I mean, do everyone a favor and get them all lined up to come in that same half hour. Obviously, the more efficient you can be, the better. But to just be mindful that you rightfully only have that one inspection. So that should get you sorted hurtling towards settlement. You know, make sure that your conveyancer communicates what's going on, your bank, your broker. And then on the day of settlement, let's talk about what happens then another time. I think I've bombarded you with tons of information already. I hope you found it useful. As always, hit me up with questions. Hello at buyyourside.com.au. But also, did you know I have a TikTok account? Oh, I've joined the bandwagon like everyone else. But look, they're short and snappy little videos with more tips that I haven't covered in the the other episodes, podcasts. Give me a follow. It's simply at by your side, you know, B-U-Y-Y-O-U-R-S-I-D-E. I'd love to hear from you on there. If you want me to tackle certain topics, just hit me up and I would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening and until next time. Mm-hmm.